We are at the very bottom of Daf Lamzainam base. We are identifying, we had just, I should say, we had just finished identifying which types of foods are considered to be automatically mitstamic um, viraloi, right? That means that the, the continuation of the cooking process that happens, you know, even though they're fully cooked, we said a lot of foods um, benefit by continued cooking. So a lot of times that's an issue. If I have a, a, a kira of some sort, which is a nagar fakatum, right? A kira is just short little uh, stubby stove, which is a nagar fakatum. I'm going to be limited in my ability to put things on it, especially if it's mustamic viafalai. If it's mustamic viafalai, because I am excited by this prospect, I want the food to continue to cook, I'm likely to try to stoke the coals. And therefore, I'm not allowed to place the um, the uh, I'm not allowed to place the food on top of it. So the Gemara had identified that there are some things which are always mitstamik for rabbi, um, like uh, fig and date-based foods and um, daisa porridge. Okay. So now the Gemara says Ba'umine, just a few words. If somebody forgot a pot on top of a kira, on top of an oven, and uh, you cooked it on Shabbos, right? In other words, it, 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 it cooked on its own. You left the pot on top of the oven and it cooked on its own. So what's that? So he didn't answer. It sounds like he wasn't sure to tell him. Lemacher the next day, Nafak Darishlu, he went out and taught them Hamvashal Bishabis Bishoyig Yeachel, the Mazid Loy Yachel. So he taught them as follows. Hamvashal Bishabis, somebody who cooks on Shabbos, Bishoyig, if it's a mistake, Yeachel, it can be eaten. Bimazid, if he did it on past on purpose, Loy Yachel, Veloishna, and he says a strange thing. Veloishna. And there's no difference, right? And he didn't tell them a few things. In other words, he said, whatever it is, um, whatever it is that um, that the halacha is in reference to uh, um, in reference to the question that he was actually asked, which is the question of placing the pot on top of the oven. So, in reference to that question. Um, in, in reference to that question, he did not say what the halacha was, right? He just said loishna. There's no difference, right? He, he he said a more general point about cooking on Shabbos, and he said veloishna. In other words, in terms of the question I was asked yesterday, there's no difference. But he didn't say whether he means there's no difference and it's comparable to a mason, or there's no difference and it's comparable to a shaygi. So it says the more veloishna. What do we do with that? Rabbi Rav Yosef Dami Tarbayu leheteira. What he meant to say was lehetera. He meant to say it's comparable to the uh, the uh, the case of shaking. Why? When somebody cooks something deliberately on Shabbos, right? So um, so it shouldn't be eaten, right? Why? Because he deliberately went ahead. He took a fork. He took a pan, and he cooked the food. However. I will hide the lake of in Mesa, right? What did he do? He just left the pot on the on the stove. He didn't 
properly uh, prepare himself for the incoming Shabbos. He should have removed the pot from the, from the stove. He did Shahia, right? So he did Shahia. It wasn't the correct thing to do, but he didn't do any kind of action. So therefore, I the look of Right, in the very least in our case, where the fellow totally forgot about the pot, so it can be eaten. He didn't mean to do anything and it can be eaten. Okay, that seems to make sense. It seems to add up. Right, in other words, it should be seen as somebody who was Mavashal Bashagik, someone who cooked by accident. Right, the comparison that he was making, right, Rechiv Arab was making the comparison to the case of when it comes to Bishol, when it comes to somebody who cooks accidentally, right, let's say I didn't realize the uh, the uh, the stove, uh, the, the, the flame was on. So I went and I threw for some reason a piece of food in a pan and I didn't realize that it was going to get cooked. So that was an unfortunate mistake. I feel very bad, right? But you want to know, can I eat the food? Sure, I should be able to eat the food. Right, well, what are the chances, what are the risks of something like this happening again? Happening again, right? I'm, I'm a, I'm a Elchiyid, I'm a serious Jew, and I accidentally cooked on Shabbos. I'm not going to do it again, I'm not going to make a habit of it, I'm not going to try to find some way to trick people, right, to take advantage of the fact that I'm permitted to eat the food. However, I will hide the Right, in our case, it's, as we're going to see, Excuse me, later on in the Gemara, Osi Liarume is a big concern. The person's going to, people are going to start uh, coming up with tricks. They're going to say, ah, you know, uh, very, very unfortunate. I had this um, this pot of food that was on the stove, and it just, it, it simply, it, 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 it cooked the, well into Friday night. I just forgot about it, right? It's very easy to uh, disguise um, the deliberate intent to violate the prohibition of Shahia as a mistake. Okay? So two different approaches. Um, okay. It says the Gemara Meisr. Shachach Kedera. The Gemara has a question. You forgot a pot of Gabe Kira on top of a Kira. Right, I'm starting to use the phrase Kira because we're going to start talking about different types of oven stoves today. So uh, Kira is just one type of oven. Ubishalo, Bishabbos, right? And it cooked on Shabbos. Bishayig Yachel, Bimezid Lo Yachel. Okay, if it was a shagik, if it was a mistake, it should be, it does not get eaten. Actually, it, it, it can be eaten, rather, but if it's amazing, it cannot be eaten. What are we referring to here? Chamin, right, hot water, which is not, uh, which were not fully uh, heated up. Or, or uh, a cooked food, which is not totally cooked. Abu Khamin Shahum Kultarkan, right, uh cooked food uh, hot water which has been totally heated up. The Tabshil Shabishal Kultarkai. Or cooked food which is totally cooked. Bain Bishagik Bain Bumesid Yaha. Whether right uh, in that in that scenario, whether it's Bishagi, whether it's Bumazid, whether or not you did it on purpose, you're allowed to eat in that scenario and you forgot the fire. Okay, because it's totally cooked, presumably that's even that's even if it's mistamik v'yafelai, that's even if it's cooking, if it's uh, benefiting from the continued heat, right? Okay. So says the Gemara. How that's the very main. Rabbi Yehuda Aimer Chamin Shehuch Mukol Tzarkan. 
says, I disagree, right? So, you know, I, I shouldn't say, I said earlier, that, that I said a moment ago that, 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 that it must be your mayor holds with stomach fiafaloi, but it's, it's unlikely there's actually a machlikis in, we would say a machlikis in the Metzias, right? Uh, the, the more likely shot is that everyone agrees that is that Rav Meir simply doesn't hold of the distinction of Mitzvah Ferali versus Mitzvah Fiafaloi. That would be actually probably the more correct, or at least in this in this question, Rav Meir holds there's no distinction. I shouldn't say that he holds objectively it's Mitzvah Fiafaloi. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, Better to say that he doesn't hold the distinction. Yehuda says, Chama Chokum called Sarkum, Mutarim Fashion, with Stamach Virala. Yehuda says that Chama Chokum called Sarkum, right? Hot water, which was, to- which was totally heated up, that's Mutar, with Fashion, with Stamach Virala, right? When it comes to water, when it comes to water, um, so, uh, Water is considered stomach for Rale, right? So I don't know. I, don't, I what I was trying to bring as I don't think the mayor per se disagrees objectively whether or not stomach for alloy or stomach fiafaloi. His his point is more to say that uh, these dis- he doesn't hold seem to hold these distinctions matter. Um, so Rabbi Huda holds that hot water because the water is boiling away, right? The more water cooks, the more water you lose. However, However, a cooked dish, that's mistamic fiafaloi, and that is forbidden, holds of you, right? So, Mela, you see that he ha- he brings in the distinction of mitzamik. The cholha mitzamik fiafaloi, everything that is mitzamik fiafaloi, that qualifies as being cooked, and I'm happy, right, that it's shriveling, that it's shrinking down. Kiga and kruv, upulamubasar, like all these other vegetables, right? Cabbages and uh, pul, um, uh, lupines and um, and meat. Ubasar taraf, excuse me. I, I saw basar taraf and I said, little did they know how popular pulled beef would be in 2020. But up uh, and pulled beef, basically, or it's really more like minced, uh, finely cut up meat. Um, so all those things are asar. Okay. However, right, this is Rabbi Yehuda, it seems like it's Rabbi Yehuda's Chiddush. Everything that's Mitzamek V'Raloi, that cooks and continues to, de- and, and degrades as a cook, so that is Mutter. Okay, that's a, so that sounds like a very key Machlech. It says the Gemara, Katani miha tavshel shalei visho kol Well, whether you like it or not, what we did say was, Right, we did mention a food that was not fully cooked. So officially, right? So what did we say? We said a food which is not fully cooked. Um, we uh, we could say that a food which is not fully cooked. We're going to distinguish between um, shaggy and mason. So, right, that was back at the beginning. That was back at the beginning of the whole statement. Um, right, we, we, we opened up by saying that right, in other words, that was the first statement. That, that, there's no machlekes of that. Both your mayor and Rebuda agree that in that case, um, we make a distinction between mazin and shaking. If you left it there on purpose, it can't be eaten. If you left, and if you left it there by mistake, it may be eaten. Very much like regular bishop. So says the Gemara, 
if you recall, right, he said that the whole thing was le'iser. Right, in other words, Nachum Yitzchak says that even b'shayyeh, if a person leaves a pot on a kira, um, uh, going into Shabbos, you're not allowed to eat it. Why? Because there's a gzera, you might come le'iarume, you might come to deliberately leave your pots on top of the stove uh, going into Shabbos. However, Right, so excuse me, I skipped the line. Right, so the 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 discussion of Yehuda is happening before the gzera because we said that liarume this concern that people are going to do tricks, they're going to deliberately leave their pots. That's a concern that eventually you know that that, that came to be. It didn't we didn't get that that gzera on Har Sinai. It's a derabonah. So that their Abonan post-dates the Brisa that we just quoted. So therefore, the Brisa we just quoted says only that a pot, that, that when Shahia occurs, a pot, um, that when when someone is Masha a pot, right, um, it's forbidden to eat, excuse me, when someone does Shahia by uh, going into Shabbos on purpose, so then it's forbidden to eat. But if he does it by mistake, he can go ahead and eat it. Later on, they said, even by mistake, you can't eat it because people are going to act like they did it by mistake when really they did it on purpose. That makes perfect sense. So according to Reb Nachum Bar Yitzchak, who was Machmer, that, that, that makes sense. Says the Gemara. However, Al-Rabbi Rabbi Yosef, Dami Le'atayr, Rabbi Rabbi Yosef, who say that when Rabbi Bar Abba taught um, this issue, he meant to say, that doing shahia is comparable to a shayyig of Bishal and it's always permitted, right? Even if you did it on purpose. So, if you're going to tell me that it precedes the gzera, right? It seems like the Gemara assumes that Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef agree that there was ultimately, they could agree, I should say, that there was ultimately a gzera that, um, like Renachem Yitzchak describes, prohibited. Um, prohibited some cases of Shahia, right? But says the Gemara, it's a problem because if it precedes the Gezeira, Kasha made it, right? Uh, they're going to have to deal with the fact that the Brisa that we're quoting says that a mazid cannot be eaten. Why? While they say it can all be eaten, doesn't matter what your intent was. And if the reference, if they were trying to say they're halacha right? So, Kasha Nami so then what are we going to do with Shagig? Because uh, Shagig shouldn't be permissible either. The whole point of the Gezeir was to protect us from people who are creating fake Shagigs. So says the Gemara, you know what? You're right. Kasha. Good question. <laughs> says the Gemara, it's a Kasha. Okay. My Gezeir also. What's the Gezeir we're talking about, right? The Gemara doesn't like that we're being too vague about this Gezeir. Please define what Gezeir we're referring to. Says, it used to be, they would say, someone who was mevashal b'shavas by mistake, someone who cooked on Shabbos by accident, um, he can eat it. But if he does it on purpose, he can't eat it. And that's also true if you forget a pot which is not fully cooked on a fire. So, says the Gemara, right? In other words, that distinction used to apply, um, right? And this is going according to Nachum Yitzchak, clearly. Um, maybe you can work it out according to Rabbi Yosef, but I don't offhand see how. 
Um, right? So Nachav Yitzchak says that what problem happened was that a lot of people would leave their pots on the stove on purpose. They would say, whoops, oopsie, big mistake, sorry, we cooked the whole Shabbos with it by accident. We forgot to really prepare it before Shabbos. And, and then as it happened, we, we left all the pots on the stove and the food cooked. Well, that's very unfortunate. It's a good thing we're allowed to eat it. So the Chazal realized that people were making, they were being, they were being made fools of. People were taking advantage of them. Says the Gemara, um, So they said, okay, we're tightening the screws here a little bit, and anybody who puts them, even if you say, even if you in all earnestness forget to uh, take care of um, of business before Shabbos, in all honesty, you still unfortunately are going to lose your pot of food. Says the Gemara. Um, says the Gemara. Where are we here? Okay. So says the Gemara, Kasha der Meir Adir Meir, Kasha der Bihuda Adir Bihuda. So this is kind of out of left field. So let's, if you have Rashi in front of you, it's worth taking a look at Rashi. Rashi says, Kashder Meir Adir Meir, did Tanan Le'el Beresh Pirkin. We said, not right, Rashi says, you didn't, you didn't necessarily realize what this, what this Kash is going on, but if you, but if you flip back to the Mishnah, right, Kashder Meir Adir Meir, did Tanan Le'el Beresh Pirkin, Le'er Meir, Alibah the Beis Hillel, Chamen Avoloi Tavsha. We started our sugya today, well, started, but, uh, yeah, started our sugya today um, with a proof, a quote from a Brisa. That Brisa is contradicting the Mishnah in the beginning of our Parak. In the mission, the beginning of our parak, we learned that Remeir holds, according to Beis Hillel, Chamin Avolai Tavshel, right? Or I should say, really, in reference to that Mishnah. We learned that Remeir holds Chamin Avolai Tavshel, right? Remeir doesn't actually appear in the text of the Mishnah that we have, but the Gemara brings the uh, opinions of Remeir and Rebihuda later on. So, right on, Lam Zainamal. So, says the Gemara, Right, we learned that Remeir holds according to Beis Hillel Chamin Avoloi Tavshil. Right, Shari Chamin I'm reading Rashi. Rashi says that Remeir over there permitted only Chamin, only hot water, while over here he's permitting both Chamin and Tavshil. He doesn't distinguish between hot water and Tavshil and, a, and an actual dish that is fully cooked. And then, right, that's a little more Tavshil Shabisha Kotzarka. He should have mentioned it. So it says the Gemara and Bikasha de Behuda de Behuda, and Rashi explains further. The Hasim Amr of Yudah Chamin Vitavshil. Vahacha Amr Tavshil Shabisha Kotzarka, right? Rabbi Yehuda is too limited because over here, over, over in, on, in, in commenting on the Mishnah, Rabbi Yehuda, or in the, uh, in, in the parallel Brisa that talks about the Mishnah, we had Rabbi Yehuda saying that uh, you can have both Chamin and Tavshil on Akira, which is Garfukatum, right? Uh, you can have both Chamin and Tavshil, both hot water. And fully cooked dishes, and excuse me, and cooked dishes. Well, here he's limiting his statement to only fully cooked dishes. Okay. So it says the Gemara, we will resolve this for you. It says the Gemara, here's the deal. Look back at the Gemara. There may or there may or loikash. The whole discussion there may or is lechatchila versus bediyat. Back earlier on Daf Lamed Zayin. When he was expressing, when he was saying that it's not uh, that you have to limit yourself to chamin and you can't put a tavshil at all, that was lechatchil, right? However, bidiyevet, if somebody accidentally uh, leaves a tavshil which is fully cooked 
to just be mitzamek v'yafaloi, even I should say to be mitzamek v'yafaloi on top of a stove, that is permissible. He wasn't saying you should do a l'chadchile, he was just saying, but if it happens, you can eat the food. Right? So that's all. He's being consistent. That's the Gemara. I can resolve the Rebihuda issue as well. Easy. We're talking about over there, Rebihuda over there was talking about a kira that is Gufu and Ketuma. That had Garfu Katum, that you scrape the coals and or cover them with ashes. Right? So therefore, uh, he is willing to permit more scenarios, even a pot which is not fully cooked. But over here, he was only willing to permit a fully cooked pot um, when it is garuf ve katum. Yeah, I'm um, excuse me. He was only willing to he he, he forbade a even a fully cooked pot because it was not garuf ve katum. Okay. Um, very well. Ibailu. We want to ask, what's that law? Over What happens if somebody, um, if somebody deliberately, right? If somebody deliberately goes ahead, right? Over right? That means made. He deliberately does shahir. What's the halacha? Right, we were talking up until now about the case of shachach. What about over v'shachach? What if a person disregards the halacha and does shahiyah on purpose? Mikan sura, banan eloi, did the chazal take away his food or not? So it says the Gemara, tashma, right? Because we're, we're, keep in mind, the gzeir we're talking about up until now is somebody sneakily pretending that he forgot. What do we do if somebody actually deliberately did it? When Rabbi Yaisi came to Zipari, he found hot water which had been heated up on top of an oven using Shahia, right? In other words, they were they had been left on top of a well, I shouldn't say they had been heated up, maybe they were already hot, but they had been left on top of a kira into Shabbos. And he did not forbid them. However, he found the eggs which were shriveled. Sounds really repulsive, but um, it sounds like some kind of, maybe it was like chalant eggs, slow-cooked eggs. Which again had been left on top of the stove. And those, those he forbade. Says the Gemara, my love, Presumably, we mean that he forbade them right away. Right? He said, you cannot eat these eggs uh, this week. So that would seem to prove that if people deliberately do shahiyah, it seems like the case there was that they did it deliberately. So if people deliberately do it, um, you take away the food. You say you can't eat the food. Says the Gemara, no, don't assume. My lab, I say Shabbos. Gemara, no, don't assume. Light, Shabbos, how about? He was cautioning them, don't do this again next week, right? He was saying you're not supposed to, maybe you didn't realize, but you shouldn't do what you did. Okay. Says the Gemara, hold on. Side point. Says the Gemara, you are implying that slow cooking eggs is good for them. Says the Gemara, right? That's true. Me and Rebbe went somewhere and they brought us eggs which were so shriveled they were like Luzradin, which are. Um, um, and I forget the word. 
Um, my head is saying tomatoes, but it's not tomatoes. It was rough, oh, well, crab apples, which are cr like crab apples, right? They became very, very small, um, and apparently that tasted good. But we ate a whole lot of them. It was delicious. Okay, Chalantex. Fine. Moving on. Says the Gemara, Beisil Oimrim Af Machzirim. Beisil says that we can be Machzir. We can put the um, we can put the pot. We can't. It's not just that. Um, it's not just that uh, you can do Shehia under the conditions of Garuf Vakatum. You can also do Hachazara. You can return a pot to the stove under the conditions of Garuf Vakatum. Says the Gemara. According to the opinion that says Machzirin, that we may return, in other words, Beisalel, that Machzirin, that permission is Afilu B'Shabbos, even on Shabbos itself. You can do the Hachazara on Shabbos itself. Okay. Um, in other words, uh, 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 I should say, even on Shabbos day, right? Not just on Friday night, even on Shabbos day. Um... Okay, we're going to stick with Rashi. There's a big debate, Rashi and Tesis, which takes place, well, Tesis, if I'm not mistaken, I didn't see Tesis when I looked at this, but it's been a long time since the Tesis, but I think Tesis holds the discussion is on Arab Shabbos, which makes for a very interesting sugya. But, okay. Right, I feel the Shabbos, even you can do Hachazara, um, you can do Hachazara even the next day. And you might say, right, you might make the mistake. Rashi explains at the top if you want to take a look. Machzir nafilu b'Shabbos. says, Rashi, b'yoyim ha-mochras. The next day, v'loi teyu plug tayu mishech ha-sheicha. V'hasam hudushar mishin namucha milsa da'adait la'aduri l'tzayich machar shakalai. You could, you might make the mistake of thinking that the whole debate of B'Shama and B'Shilo is mishech ha-sheicha, right? Just at the night, just on Friday night. Right, the whole reason that they permitted it there is because it's clearly the reason I'm uh, the reason I'm returning the pot. Um, the, the, I just say since I'm going to be using the pot later, right? If I take the pot off on for right, so the classic case, somebody takes the chalan pot right out of the crock pot, so then he returns it to the crock pot. So in that sense, I mean, it's a little more complicated, but let's uh, imagine a crock pot without an independent heating element, right? So in that scenario. The reason that I'm returning the pot is very on Friday night is very clear because even though I decided to enjoy some chal on Friday night, but I'm returning it because I'm I'm going to eat it tomorrow, right? There's no question that I just um, um that, that, that therefore that demonstrates objectively that when I took it earlier, I uh, it was for the purpose of returning it for tomorrow eating, but if I take it during the daytime, and if I have a pot which I was mashhe last night and the next morning I take it off and then I want now I want to put it back. So uh, you could argue that uh, you could argue it's not necessarily maybe I, I, I changed my mind right maybe there's not much Shabbos left it's, it's two o'clock at Shabbos afternoon and here I am with my chalim pot now I want to put back my chalim pot so uh, you know you could argue hey uh, it looks like you're doing a new thing it's looks like you're trying to create a new hatmana basically a new uh, placement of the pot right and that would be like matman l'chatchila would be like I'm 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 installing a new chalim in the crack pot so you could argue that that's not permissible. But, says the Gemara, uh, says of Sheishas, that you can do this even with Shabbos, you can return the pot even on Shabbos. The Gemara adds, Rabbi agrees with this as well. 
One time we were standing next to Rabbi Chia, Rabbi the Great Rabbi Chia, and right the Hebrew word it's like the Hebrew word kum kum. We uh, we brought him a, jo- a jug of some sort of hot water. From upstairs, from downstairs to upstairs, and we mixed him a cup. And we put our jug, our jug, or our little uh, urn of water back in its place. And he didn't say a word. He was totally accepting of our behavior with the kumkum. Okay, the kettle. That's the word I was looking for. Okay. This is a halacha that sounds very familiar. We're only allowed to do this if we keep a hand, if we're still holding the pot. If you put the pot down on the ground, that's already also that's already forbidden. Okay. Says the Gemara, Amr of Ami, Rav Tadoi, the Ovid, Ligarmehu, the Ovid. Right? Rav Tadoi, his conduct in this matter was Ligarme. This was his own personal opinion. Right, you're getting a bit of an admixture of Rav Tadoi. It seems like Rav Tadoi was a das yachid. He had a he had a unique opinion in this matter. Mutter, you're allowed to put the pot on the ground. Okay, that's the machlekes. Pligi bar of Dimi bar Shmuel bar Yehuda with the Rambam Shmuel bar Lazar. Amri, both of them quoted Rav Lazar. Chad Amar oidim biyadei Mutter. One said, as long as it's still in my hand, it's good. But al gabi karka aser. But if you put it down, it's no good. And the other says, no, even if I put it down on the ground, it's also okay. All right. If something, the pot being still in your hands uh, for hachazara, for, to permit hachazara, that only works if your intent is actually to put it back. If it's not your intent to put it back, then it's forbidden. Okay. Right? It seems clear that when you put the pot down on the ground, right, regardless of what your das is, regardless of what your intent is, that's not enough. You need both intent to return and your hand, the pot in your hands. Right? This that we forbade the hakazara um, after you put the pot down on the ground, that's only That's only if it's not your intent to return the pot. But if it is your intent to return the pot, then it's mutter, then it's permissible. We see and that would imply that, that you only need one of the factors, right? So therefore, if I'm holding the pot and I have no intent to put it back, that's also okay, as long as I'm holding the pot. Okay, so that's a much more makel standard. What if I hung my pot of chalent, right, on a stick? What if I placed them on top of a surface, um, right? Uh, so what about that? What about that? More, more questions. What if I transfer them uh, from one heat source to the next? Says the Gemara, these are all great questions. Teku, we don't have good answers for them. Okay? New Mishnah. Right? So if you, I said earlier that I wanted to point out that we we're talking about a Kira right now. But this is a Tanur. Tanur is different. Right? The Tanur is uh, shaped differently. It's like a teardrop shape. So it's a much more efficient heater. So a Tanur, which was 
kindled even with kashin gvava, even with uh, straw and stubble. Right? You can't put things in it or on it. Neither. Right? Kupach, however, another type of oven called a kupach. The Gemara is going to explain what exactly that is. Shesi um, which was kindled with strong and and the stubble. Harei kiki rain. It's like a kira, like a kirayim. Um, however, begefes ubeetzim, if it is um, lit with wood and gefes and uh, pumice, is the proper word for gefes, I think. So harei hu ketanur, that is like a tanur. It's like a tanur oven, which is more chamer. Okay, the Gemara is going to explain. Says the Gemara. Right? If you have an uh, uh, um, um, this 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 excuse me this reference that we just made to a tanner which has been lit with whatever you lit it with. Right? Right? Don't go assuming anything. We had this discussion with Kira as well. What about putting things next, right? All we know is you can't put things in it, and you can't put things on it. What about putting things next to it? Okay, so Rabbi Yisif said you can put things next to it. Says the Gemara, says Abaya, the Mishnah proceeds to say that a kupach, which was um, lit with kash and gavavu, with straw, that's like a kirayim. If it was lit with wood, then it's like a tanner, right? And forbidden. Says the Gemara, Hakikira Shari, right? Um, uh, had it been like a Kira, had it been comparable to a uh, a um, a little a little Kira, right? Which is not like a Tanur, the first case we talked about in our parak, then it would be permissible. Says the Gemara, Bemaski, what can we be talking about? Ilema al Gabov, right? If we're talking about putting the food on top of it, right? And what is the state of the oven? Ilema Kashe'ena Garfukatum. If you're going to tell me, right, that we're talking about a a uh, a kupach which is not garfukatum, el akira ki ene gufukatum al gabu mikshari, can you put things on top of a kira that's not garfukatum? Of course not. El v'lav lismoich says the Gemara. It must be that we were whole, talking about the whole time lismoich. The right what we were saying is harei kikirayim. When it comes to the kupach, we were talking the whole conversation was lismoich because it was ene gufukatum. Right, the whole conversation was lismaik, and we we're saying that when you want to be saimichit, if it has been lit with straw, so then it's like a kira, a kiraim, and it's permissible. However, right, if you if you kindled it with wood, then it's like a tanur and prohibited. So the implication is that to be saimich next to a tanur, regardless of what you heated it with, because it's, so the heat heating is so efficient, right, even to put it next to it is forbidden as well. Okay, that's a very interesting way to read the Mishnah. Right. Who told you it's not Garufukatum? Right? The case is the Kupach and the Tanur are indeed Garufukatum. Right? So uh it's like a Tanur. Why how is it comparable to a Tanur? I with the Tanur of Garufukatum doesn't help. The Afagab Garufukatum Algab of Asr. Right, the kikira kigrufo kutuma shapirdam. That's all we're saying. We're saying akira when when you if you want to be like akira, if a, a, a kupach which has been lit with straw is like akira in the sense that if it's garfukatum it's okay, and if it's lit with wood it's like a tanner in the sense that even if it's garfukatum it doesn't help. Okay. Tiny kavasei We have a brisa to back up by it. Says the brisa. Tanishistiku bekashu bevava. 
an oven which was lit with straw. You can't do smicha, you can't even put an extra. You certainly can't put on top of it. And even worse, you can't put into it. Right. And right, and even and for sure, I don't have to tell you that's not the case with that. that, that that's the case with wood. That you're still that uh, if if the oven has been lit with wood, you certainly can't do anything. The tanur, I should say, I should stop translating these things as oven. So it says the gemara kupach However, a kupach is the brisa talking, which was lit with straw. You can do smicha and you cannot place anything on top of it. However, the gefes of the yeah, the goin. Okay, that makes sense. I don't know why it says a noisin al gabav. The goin correct. The goin says it should say noisin al gabav. The goin couldn't make any sense of this. Right, noisin al gabav. The gefes However, um, if uh, it was lit with wood, right, then you cannot do smicha. Okay, very good. What is this kupach thing? What does a kupach look like? If it looks like a kira, right? If it's like a kira, so then it should be permissible as long as it's carved for katam, even if you lit it with wood. If it's like a tanner, the teardrop-shaped uh, tanner oven, so so you shouldn't be permitted to use it even if it's if it's if it's uh, lit with straw, just like a tanner. So what's the deal? Because of the efficiency of the heat. So it's the Gemara, right? It's a little bit in between, right? It's a it's 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 a more efficient heater than a kira, but it's a less efficient heater than a tanner. Hechidami, says the Gemara. Says the Gemara, hechidami, right? Physicists pay attention, engineers pay attention. Says the Gemara, Hechidami um, Kupach, excuse me, Hechidami Kira, which which is which? Amar Bezir Chanina, Kupach is Mokim Shefises, Mokim Shef, excuse me, Shefisas Kedera Achas. The Kupach has one um, pot spot on top of it, right? Akira is Mokim Shefisas Shtei Kederes, right? Akira has two pot spots on top of it. I'm not sure, you know, the pictures they always draw show like one box oven that has like a little circle on top of it for putting a pot on and there's a double one which has two pot spots but I wasn't sure if it just didn't mean a larger hole or a larger gap that you could kind of balance two pots on that's it kind of makes more sense to me um, but anyway those are the that's the difference it's differently shaped and therefore transmits heat differently okay a kira which was divided uh, by its length, it becomes tahira, right? Um, it becomes, uh, it becomes, uh, it, it loses its status of a uh, as a solid kli. It's considered that it was broken in half because it's um, it's uh, what do you call it? It's um, it no longer can hold the two the two pots, right? Uh, right, but if it's if it's split the long, uh, uh, widthwise, so then it's still going to be um, it's still going to be tummy because the two spots are still uh, are still. Um, I suppose that's why they draw the pictures of the two holes because of the continuation of the gemara. Right, this way. So right, if you go the long way, right, if you go the le'archa, le, le so then you split the spots and you no longer can balance a pot there. But if you cut it in half, you just have two little burners, as it were, to put your pot on. Um, 
Right? However, says the Gemara, but a kupach bein lorker bein lorachuitar, a kupach which only ever had one spot, so since, as soon as you cut it in half, you lose the one spot, and it's going to be tar. What time is it? Okay, let's stop now, and we'll pick up from the new Mishnah.